1: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
0: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And we are wrapping up this series called The Abundant Life, which you can find at reallife.org. But here's a question. How do you know if you have an abundant life? When have you arrived? The key is not in how much you get, but in what you generously give. There is great freedom when we trust God enough to live generously. Today we're going to hear part two of the message called Coming Full Circle. Pastor Sean is now in the book of Acts. It's time for Radio for Real Life.
1: Look at Acts 17, 25. I find this kind of humorous because some people think, well, preacher's talking about generosity. It's because God's you know, hurting and God needs a help, little help from me. You know, like God's over this handout. Come on, help me out, man throw me a bone, dude, please, you know, help a God out. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. Look at, what, look at what Luke writes in Acts 17, 25. He says, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. You, if you have air to breathe and the ability to breathe it in, you do understand that is a gift from God, right? I mean, that's, that's something that we, that's baseline. From there, we begin to count all the other ways where God is blessed, he's provided, he's given opportunity, we're, we're, we were born into, and or many of us were born into, and live in a nation where, in spite of what people say, there's still more opportunity and more prosperity for those who want to go get it. And a lot of places around the world, that is not the case. And so lest we have any pride or arrogance or looking down at anybody, we can understand. Yeah, a whole lot of what we have is just gift from God. Lord, thank you generosity gratefully recognizes God's gifts. He gave first. Paul says to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who, listen, richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He gave it to us. He wants us to enjoy it, but don't forget it came from him told you guys how when we started this ministry, we had so very little, and God asked us to walk away from the pursuit of wealth, and that was hard. And we had to do, even in ministry, we had to do things that, that were really counterintuitive. A lot of people didn't understand, because we didn't understand, honestly. And what's funny is you can develop this kind of hard Spartan, yeah, that we're serving Jesus, nobody else is, and this is how it is, and da-da-da. And yet, God had this crazy habit of blessing us. Even though we didn't have a lot of money, he just Kept blessing us, blessing us. It's like, God, what are you trying to say here? I'm trying to be all hardcore. What are you you saying? He's saying, "I, I don't want you to spend your life chasing wealth. That's an empty dead end. What I want you to understand is, though, that I am a God, a Father who loves you and wants to bless you. I take joy in blessing you. So, yes, it's good that you don't make your life about chasing the buck, chasing money. Seek the kingdom. And I mean it, I really will add all the things you need and some other things that you didn't even expect because that's what I do. I'm your father, and I love to bless you. I got to see his heart differently. And that's why giving becomes a response of gratitude when we understand who he is and what he's given. And one of the beautiful aspects of this is that we're created in the image of God, and so some part of us fundamentally loves to give. Really do. We love to give. Sin mars that. Sin mars the image of God in us, but as part of the redemptive work of Christ is that he wants to set us free, to become what we were created to be, and part of that is to be generous. Part of us loves to give. You know, we talk about that, you know, there's three different approaches to giving, right? There's the you have to give, which, okay, it's a law, you have to give, it's you ought to give, you know, God's been really good to you, so you probably should be generous. And then there's just the simple thing of, man, I want to give because God is good. God has shown love and grace to me. 1 John three seventeen says, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on, on him, how can the love of God be in him? There's something about the love of God in us that makes us want to be generous. It makes us want to be generous. I think God's circle of blessing is made complete when we are generous. A second reality that is really important, that Paul was the one who brings it out. Okay? Generosity opens us to the blessing of God. In other words, it opens us up to the blessing of God. Paul made real clear at the beginning that what you give determines what you get. What you give determines what you get. And some people, well, like that's not a motive for giving, is it? Well, I'm not saying it's a motive for giving, but it's in the Bible. I'm not going to try to second guess the Bible. I'm not going to try to be smarter than God. Okay? He wanted us to know there's a principle here. Just like in agriculture, what you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Generosity opens us to the blessing of God. That's the law of the harvest. You can't reap what you haven't sown. God wants to bless those who give. You remember what he said in Malachi 3? We talked about the tithe. He said, I want to open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing you can't contain it. He said, test me in this. See if I won't do it. Try me. And I mean, that that language, listen to the language, open the windows of heaven so much you can't contain it. Jesus used similar language in Luke chapter 6. Look what he said. He said, given it'll be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. See the similarity? This idea of, yeah, God's not being stingy here. And then he says this, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's a powerful understanding. God wants to bless. He promises. There's a great imagery that is given. It comes from the Bible. We use the phrase tight-fisted. Well, here's where it comes from. Deuteronomy chapter 15. I'm going to read verse 7, 8, then skip down to verse 10. It says, if there's a poor man among your brothers in any of the towns of the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted, or there it is, tight-fisted towards your poor brother. Okay? Rather, be open-handed and freely lend him whatever he needs. Open-handed. Now skip down to verse 10. He says, give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. This idea of generosity, of an open hand versus a tight fist. I've told you before, the beauty of an open hand is not only is it open to give, it's open to receive. And conversely, a tight fist is not open to give, it's also not open to receive. That's what the scripture is trying to tell us. I, I really do believe there is some correlation between our generosity and the the amount of blessing that God can bring us. You know, just think of it with your own kids, okay, you parents, you know you love to bless them. But if you know they're kind of getting spoiled, you know that something you give them is not going to be a blessing, it's just going to become something that's going to be hurtful to them, you're not going to give it to them. You're going to withhold it. But yet if you know, no, no, they can handle this, they're doing well, they're, they're going to be good with this, you love to do that. In the same way, I really believe there is a sense where if we're tight-fisted and we're hanging on to the resources we have, I want to suggest that that can stop up the flow of blessing that God can give us because God is in no way interested in... Kind of pouring resource on us to our own demise. He's not interested in hurting those that he loves. I think generosity is a protection, it sets things right in us in regard to resources. Now, there's also this idea, remember, I've shared it to you before, okay, you know, we, you say you can't take it with you, right? But I want to suggest you can send it ahead. And this is a biblical idea. Remember what Jesus said, don't store up treasure here on earth where moth and rust destroy. But he says this instead, Matthew six twenty: but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. So he's got this idea of there's a way to, for us to invest that will actually have an impact in eternity. And remember, the scripture talks about eternity as real. We got to decide what we believe. We can't think of that as some kind of figurative pie in the sky. We really believe we're eternal and we're created for eternity. And understand, that's not the only place that the scripture talks about. That look what Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 4. He says, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. He's thanking them for their generosity. He says, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. What may be credited to your account. And I remember when I first kind of looked at that that way. I'd read that scripture a hundred times. And I realized, wait a minute, I have an account? It was at a time in my life when I didn't have an account anywhere. I barely had a bank account. And if I had, it didn't have anything in it. But there was this idea, wait a minute, I, I have an account? That, that's the kind of thing Jesus is talking to. There's some sense in which you have something. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's a, it's, it's a dollar account. I'm not saying you're going to get a little holy debit card. I'm not saying any of that, okay? I'm just saying the Scripture talks about it enough to where I'm like, okay, there's something here. He's telling us there is a way to invest in eternity. He says it again, Matthew 19, 21. Jesus says, go sell your possessions. Give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. So this idea, don't waste it all here. Generosity is a way to take some of it with you, to send it ahead, to invest in something that is eternal. God's circle of blessing is made complete when we are generous. Now, one of the problems we wrestle with is what we call a poverty mentality. I've talked to you about this a little bit a few weeks ago, I think. Um, The poverty mentality says, okay, there's not enough to go around. Some of us were raised with this. Some of us, we don't even know it, but we just have this scarcity mentality. There's not enough to go around. You know, we think a life is a zero-sum game. If I give some away, I can never get that back. And so we have this poverty mentality. I'm not going to have enough. And so I can't give. I can't give. I want to suggest to you, that's a problem. That's a problem. And And the scripture makes real clear we can afford to be generous because God is our provider
0: and let's take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to radio for real life with Sean Ozaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in this message called coming full circle which is available right now on the media page at reallife.org just look for the series called the abundant life where there you can even watch a video podcast of this message and series and if you're looking for a new church home here's your invitation from Pastor Sean
1: God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
0: And now the conclusion to the message coming full circle. This is Radio for Real Life.
1: We can afford to be generous because God is our provider. You remember what Paul said we just read a moment ago, 2 Corinthians 9, you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God blesses us so we can give. And this is an act of faith. You need to trust that your needs are going to be met. You need to trust that your needs are going to be met. This is one of those things I think people struggle with. Some of you sit and are are saying, well, the problem is I would love to be generous. I just don't have anything. I I don't have enough. I don't, you know, I want want to do big things. I want to be generous in big ways, but I just don't have it so I can't. Uh, Good news for you, okay? I'm here to bring you great news. Set you free. You are not responsible for what you don't have. Seriously. Now, the other side is you are responsible for what you do have. One of the reasons some people check out when it comes to generosity, they go, well, I don't have enough to make any difference, so therefore I can't. And if I get more, and they'll daydream about what if I won the lottery, what if I had this kind of paying job, then I would be really generous. Here's the sad truth, and you need to know this about your heart, you need to know this about you. You will be no more generous with 100,000 a year or 200,000 a year than you are with 30,000 a year or 40,000 a year. It's ju- it, the numbers don't matter. We all have 100%. You just need to know that. You will not be more generous just because you get more money. Because there will always be more stuff that the world advertisers, your own flesh, will tell you you desperately need. There's always plenty of stuff to fill up that need department. So the good news is you do not have to wait till you have more resources. You, just like every one of us, we all get 100% of our pay. We all get 100% of the resources that come into our hand. That's it. And that's all you're responsible for. So if you find that you are a good steward and you're living on less than you mean, you're tithing, you're saving, and really all you can give right now, all you can be generous with is $20. God bless you. Be generous with $20. $20 can change someone's world. Not because of the dollar amount. Do Do you realize when you're generous, when you give... What happens is someone, not only is there a situation where you're able to help meet a need, but somebody might be sitting and going, you know, God remembered me. Do you ever remember a time when someone was generous to you and how it changed your life? And it might not be the amount. It might just be you were praying. You thought nobody cared. You thought God didn't even care. And all of a sudden someone in the name of Jesus or someone you prayed and someone comes and they bless you. something small, maybe something larger, I don't know, but they bless you. And one of the big things is you, you, just like the scripture says, you remember. Father Father sees me. He knows. I'm not alone. And it's life-changing. You have no idea when that $20 gift of generosity, that $20 step of obedience might be something that totally says to someone, God remembers and sees me. I'm not alone. And change the course of direction. Of course, if you have more, you can give hundred dollars. You can. It, there's something powerful. We can. The beauty is what the scripture is telling us is you can afford to be generous because God's your provider, and you have to decide if you believe that, because it really is. It's it's going it's gonna change. It's a change of heart and mind. You know, the scripture says in verse seven of chapter nine, God wants our giving to be joyful. It says God loves a cheerful giver. Do you know why God loves a cheerful giver? Because God is a cheerful giver, and I know for some of you that's like a big what? Because you think of God as kind of well, He has to provide, I guess. He's God; He's got the whole omnipotence thing, so He'd be kind of a jerk if He didn't, you know. That is not at all the case. That is not the heart of our Father. He is not giving to you because well, I owe it to Him. I created Him, and all I better provide. he. he he loves a cheerful giver because God is a cheerful giver. He delights in you. He loves to bless you. He loves to provide for you. He loves to surprise you. That's the heart of our Father. That's the generosity of our God. And he wants to share that gift with us. And I really believe we cannot get the full benefit from the resources God gives us until we understand the joy and the blessing of generosity. That's why Acts 20, 35 says this in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus Himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And let me just tell you something. It's kind of awesome to receive. I mean, right? You like getting something that, that really meets a need, something that someone was really thoughtful. You like receiving something that just was a, a neat gift? Of course you do. I do too. What the scripture is telling us, we've got to decide if we believe it. As great as that is, it is better when you can become a person of generosity and you can be the person who, with an open hand, is able to bless, to give, to help, to encourage. What if, I'm, what if, I, what if I kind of want to give, but I'm afraid? What if I just don't want to because of this fear? Remember what Jesus said about training your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. We've talked about the tithe. It's an opportunity to train your heart, trust God. Additional acts of generosity, similarly. It's kind of a, just do it. Just do it. Begin to train your heart. Train your heart, trust God, and watch and see if he doesn't provide. It's beautiful. That's why the tithe is so powerful. Because once you see God meet those needs, and all of a sudden you start to free up and like you're not as afraid anymore. And then other acts of generosity and kindness. God's circle of blessing is made complete. When we're generous. Last thing. Wrap up with this. Generosity is a powerful testimony. Because it points people to him. Generosity is a powerful testimony. Because it points people to him. That's what's so awesome. Paul said it would result in thanks to God. Giving would result in praise to God. Hebrews 13.16 says this. Do not forget to do good. And to share with others. For with such sacrifices God is pleased. Why is God pleased? Because he loves people. He loves to bless. And when we are generous, whether it's like Jean Valjean receiving generosity from a priest, or maybe you and I receiving generosity from someone along the way, and it was that little reminder, God loves me. God remembers. God sees. All of a sudden, thanks and glory to Father. See, we never look more like our Father than when we give. God's circle of blessing is made complete when we are generous. Now, you may have the question, okay, so what kind of things do I give to? Well, we know eternal things. Okay, When you talk about lay up treasure in heaven, eternal things. I strongly recommend that we give everywhere we can to eternal things. And what things are eternal? Well, there's the kingdom work, and then there's people. That's what's eternal. Everything else is going to stay. Everything else is going to burn. Everything else is going to decay. It's not coming with us, but kingdom, what's done for the kingdom and what's invested in people are eternal. So that's a great place to start. So do kingdom work. You know, you get, get an opportunity to, you know, if you, even if you're a tither here, there may be some need in children's ministry. You say, I want to be a part of that. Or there's a ministry that I'm, that I just love what they do. Or, or that one of our, our hands and feet partners that you say, I want to get involved. I want to partner with them and, and just do some kingdom work. We're starting a new, we're starting a great new ministry called Real Life Christian Assistance. And the whole idea behind it is we think we have an opportunity to minister to the poor in a way that is different. And that's one of the key areas, the you know, New Testament over and over, Old Testament and New Testament, minister to the poor. That's an area to be generous. That's kingdom work. But we think we can do something unique and, and different because not only can we provide a ministry that does food and clothing, but we can then connect people our resource challenge into a community because do you understand something um we have people who come to the church all the time and who are asking for resources they want money they don't i'm not talking about people who go here i'm talking about people who who don't but they just go to church to church and think well a church may give me some money And, and do you understand that they're if they're coming to total strangers asking for money just to be able to meet their needs their greatest problem is not a money problem that's really important to understand. It's a community problem. It's a loving relationship problem. It's an accountability problem. It's, all, it's relationships. I mean, that's one of those things where I'm very slow, personally, to give a total stranger who comes up and asks for money. I'm slow to give cash. I, I have on a couple of occasions because I prayed, and the Lord said, yeah, almost nine times out of ten, though, I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't generally give cash, but I will buy you a meal right now, and let's, let's take some time and talk. Because my understanding is that, that I, one, I don't know what that money is going to go for, and I want to be very careful with that. I don't want to just hurt somebody. But two, what that person really needs who's walking up to total strangers asking for money, they need some family. They need people in their life. They need the church. They need Jesus. You know, the old saying, it's hey, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. The problem is teaching a man to fish is hard work. And we've got to decide, are we willing to be those kind of people? I mean, that's what discipleship is all about. Are we willing to be those kind of people who say, all right, yes, we may not, we're not just going to throw money around carelessly. There will come a time when money may actually help meet the need, and that's part of what we support someone with. But first, it's like, okay, am I willing to actually spend time? Am I actually willing to get to know and to help and support and teach, lead? And you go through all that whole process, and sometimes, you know, yes, it's better to teach a man to fish, but it's just easier sometimes just to give someone a fish. But I don't think that's what Jesus has called us to. That's why this ministry of ours, Christian Assistance Ministry, is so cool. Because we can meet needs, food, clothing, things like that, but we can then also connect people to community. And that, to me, has amazing kingdom potential. And I think it's what the church should be about. So I think you give to kingdom ministries, you give to the poor, I think you give to one another. It's not just strangers who have needs. Sometimes in, in our own church, we'd be amazed at the people who struggle and are struggling and need resources or need help or need something. And we should be people who are generous to one another. What a great model of the love of Christ to the world around us, to see a body of Christ that instead of tearing each other apart all the time, we're just loving and caring for each other. So that's a place to be generous. Really, anyone in need, a neighbor, coworker. How cool when you begin to get your finances in order and you begin to, to, you tithe 10, save 10 and live off of 80 and all of a sudden that savings begins to grow and then there's a need from some lady at work and you go, well, I, I can go buy those materials at Home Depot and I, I can be a part of that or I can help meet that need. I could do a scholarship there. I, instead of going, gee, I wish somebody would do something or I wish I could, it's all of a sudden God's like, well, you can Remember, we talked about one of the uses for savings is a generosity fund. Well, as the Lord puts something on your heart, you can do it. It's powerful. See, God's circle of blessing is made complete when we're generous. I want to leave you with this pastor scripture. I love this pastor scripture, Psalm one twelve. Just a few verses, but look what it says. Look at this description and this these promises the Psalmist makes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to those who are generous. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Now look, surely he'll never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He'll have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look and triumph on his foes. He's scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be lifted high in honor. Psalm 112, 5-9. That's some pretty big, pretty powerful promises for those who are generous. May the Lord make us people who display His generosity everywhere we go.
0: That's Pastor Sean Ozaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Coming Full Circle or this whole series on The Abundant Life, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more
1: Real Life.